Welcome to the Single Lady Estates podcast. My name is Bobby Wasserman, and I'm the founder of Single Lady Estates. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. This season has been all about advocating for yourself. We are showcasing really diverse situations you might find yourself in and some women that have found their way out of these situations and are thriving. I equate it to that scene in the Shawshank Redemption when the main character had to travel through a half a mile of sewage to be free. And I think we've all had a situation where we've kind of felt like that. So for those of you who might still be in that half a mile of sewage or just out of it, we have the perfect guest for you. I'm pleased to introduce Jennifer Morozik Sukalo, author of Claim Your Swagger, which is a great book about regaining your confidence. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I love the analogy that you used about kind of traveling through that sewage because it kind of resonates a lot with one of the main parts of the book when I talk about P to the power of three, patience, practice, and perseverance. You have to want whatever you're going towards more than the crap, if you will, that you have to wade through to get there. And so I think it's a wonderful way to think about it. And I do believe that we've all felt like that. We've all felt those moments where we feel, can I even get out of this? Is there even a way out? Because I know I was in a place like that myself. And it was very foreign for me to be in that place, to be honest. I was, um, I was married at 23. So I guess, I think that's young, but... It depends on people's perspective. And by the time I was 24, my husband and I were already going through the divorce proceedings. So it was very short, but toxic relationship. And I think by the time the ink dried on the paper, our divorce proceedings lasted longer than the marriage itself. Wow. Yeah. It was not my finest moment in life, I was <laughs> not by a long stretch. <laughs> Well, for many women listening to this who can relate to your story without disclosing very specific information, mm. talk about why you ended up getting married in the first place because the marriage was so short yeah, and why the divorce dragged out. So I'm very fortunate in my life. My parents are still married after 50 some odd years and they still love each other. And I wanted that. I wanted to have that relationship. And unfortunately, what I learned a little too late is that one person can't be that for the whole relationship. You have to have two willing parties for the marriage to work. And I don't blame anybody in this scenario. So this is not an, oh, woe is me and everybody feels sorry for me kind of situation. This is, I'm looking back and just looking at facts now, taking the emotion away from things. And I don't believe that the person I married truly understood what love was. And I also think that there very well could have been Either, and, and I have to be honest, I don't know which one it could have been, but I think it was one of these two things, manic depressant or a substance abuser, and could have been both maybe, because I would literally wake up every day going, okay, are we going to have a good day today or a bad mm -hmm. day today? Are you going to get out of bed today? Like, are you actually going to go to work today? What's going to happen today? Because I need to be able to plan. Oh, wow. It was that. Right. 
So explain a little bit about kind of how you lost your swagger. My hunch is you lost your swagger between this short-lived marriage, but this drawn out divorce. And then what inspired you to write the book? Sure. So I think when we go through trauma in our lives, whether it is a divorce, whether it's surviving a traumatic experience or a disease. I worked a lot with cancer survivors. I can talk about that in a moment as well, because it's one of the reasons I wanted to write the book. But when you go through these traumatic experiences in your life, you are fundamentally changed. You don't stay the same person. I remember a conversation with my dad when I was in the midst of this kind of verbal and emotional abuse during the time of our relationship. And my dad mentioned to me on the phone, he said, you're not the same person anymore. Mm. And sometimes the people that are closest to us are our best mirrors and they can hold up the mirror when we can't really see what's happening. And those little moments are ones that we need to pay attention to because that was one of the first kind of, I guess, catalysts for me to say, wait a minute, I really need to take a look at what's happening here because I've completely come off the rails. And when I look in the mirror, do I even know who that person is anymore? I know what it feels like to come home from work to an eviction notice on the door. And I have no clue how that happened because I wasn't the person in charge of the bills. That was naive on my part and something I will never, ever do again <laughs> is putting myself completely in somebody else's hands saying, you take care of this. But I had because I grew up in a household like that. Yeah. But when we were going through the divorce, I literally was on the verge of homelessness. I could have gone back to my parents, but my jobs weren't anywhere near where my parents lived. Luckily, I have amazing family. So my aunt took me in and I was working three jobs, living out of my aunt's house and my car. And how do you have any sense of independence and confidence when you're just barely trying to get by and survive? Yeah. So it's really, really challenging when you get to a place where you kind of feel like your whole life has just kind of crumbled around you. I wrote a little part in the book where I say I literally felt like Alice in Wonderland, where the, my whole world was just shrinking around me. And I'd never been at a place in my life where I didn't know what I was going to do or where I went from here. Yeah, we've talked on this podcast and actually throughout single estates about litigation and people that find themselves in these rabbit holes and you're just drowning and it's everything mm -hmm. to just survive, right? You just tread water. It is. And then it's just one foot after another. So when you talk about swagger, relate that to swagger. So I had a lot of inner self-confidence, self-assuredness throughout my whole life. And when I went through this period of my life, I felt like that vanished. When I was going through my divorce, I literally felt like I had a scarlet letter on my forehead, that I was damaged goods, that I was dangerous, that I was, you know, whatever, you know, divorced, right? whatever D word you want to put there. But I just literally felt like this is it. Like, I just completely screwed up. I failed myself, my faith, my family. I was a person who didn't fail. Like, that, that's not in my DNA. 
it's not how I was made. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those achiever people. So, so when you actually, it's quite humbling it to is. fail like that. Yes, it <laughs> is, and, and it's just it's real. It happens, yeah. and I had to really come to terms with this and to realize. I remember I was going through therapy at the time. My husband claimed bankruptcy, so of course I got saddled with everything during the divorce. Oh wow! He was not responsive. He didn't want to get the divorce. This is why it lasted forever and took forever to get divorced. And I remember going to therapy, and I remember being at the therapist's office, and the therapist said to me, "I haven't figured out a reason to hate you yet. So why do you?" Oh, interesting. It was a real wake-up call, and I knew that I was the only person that was going to change this. If I didn't want to continue down this path, I had to figure out another way. And that wasn't the only reason for writing the book. That was my journey I used to help other people through their journeys that they might be going through. And also to share that regardless of what your journey looks like, you may have been through something way worse than I ever went through I believe we all have our own traumas and things that we need to survive. And they can be some of our best learning experiences if we look at them the right way. So my journey was a piece of the puzzle. The other piece was I was fortunate enough to coach cancer survivors. And I noticed that when cancer survivors are in treatment, very much like what we just discussed, when you're in the middle of that sewage pit, that's all you can focus on is getting the Mm -hmm. heck out of there and surviving that. And once you get past treatment, once cancer survivors got past treatment, they were fundamentally changed by the experience. And many had no idea where to go from here. And I always wanted to help them see cancer as the spark that creates the rest of their life instead of something they survived. And that was the real catalyst for the initial part of the book. And then some people shared with me and suggested, they said, Jennifer, this is much bigger than cancer survivors. You're writing a survivor's book. Yeah. And we've all survived something. Yeah. And even just metaphorically, cancer's in our lives. Yes. Whether it's physical or metaphoric. Yeah. Absolutely. And the last piece of the puzzle and the other thing that made this so my passion project, if you will, is my older sister. My older sister passed away when she was only in her 30s. And I always wondered, she was just one of those people that never seemed to be able to create joy and happiness in her life. And like she was doing things for the wrong reasons, continually Hmm. searching for the next win. You know, the I'll be happy when I graduate, when I get married, when I get promoted, when I have kids, when I get a house, when I, you know, these wins. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the win. It's about right now. And it's about what we create. Yeah. And they used to say, like, it's about the journey. Yes. And I always wondered that if I had been able to help my sister kind of see how amazing she already was to discover what made her unique, what made her extraordinary, that she didn't have to be more than who she was. She just needed to be her, who she was born to be. I just wonder if she might still be here today. Mm. 
And since I wasn't able to help her, that's why I feel so strongly about helping other people not just survive, but to build some personal strengths and resilience required to really unlock your potential and thrive in your life, not just survive. Oh, great. The, now, doesn't swagger stand for something? Is that acronym? It is. So <laughs> swagger is an acronym. I am the queen of acronyms, <laughs> by the way. I had, uh, I had severe test anxiety when I was very young, uh, getting through school, and acronyms were one of my coping mechanisms. It's one of the things I created for myself to help me be able to memorize things. And they've just been incredibly helpful for me throughout my life. And so swagger, I don't use the dictionary definition of swagger. I redefined it in a completely different way. And it stands for self-worth, appreciation for your strengths and limitations, gratitude for how your life experiences have helped shape who you are, grounded in your core values, empowered to overcome your self-limiting beliefs and renewed through a greater focus on your passion and purpose. Oh, I love that. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So there's a process. Once you're kind of out of the sewage and you're looking back and like you said, right, you're in the middle of it, you're just trying to get out of it successfully, yep. but you look back on it and then you kind of see how the dots connect and see how the situation has changed you. Yes. And then if you want to move forward with that, or you need to shift a little more, right? <laughs> There's always good and bad. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think what's interesting is there's a reason why I start with the SW of swagger around self-worth. Because oftentimes, that is one of the things that takes the biggest hit when we go through these horrific situations. A lot of times our self-worth gets damaged. And part of the reason it gets damaged is because of how we've defined it and what we've connected it to yeah. throughout the course of our life. So if we use myself for an example, I was an achiever. I connected who I was to what I accomplished, what I was able to get done. But then you fail at something and now you're going, well, well, hang on a second. How is that even possible? Who am I now? I'm not this achiever. I don't fail. But because I had connected my self-worth to what I do, instead of recognizing that I am worthy simply because I exist, there are no conditions placed on self-worth. It is innate. We're born worthy. When you go through the sewage piece, your self-worth does take a, a tremendous hit. How do you recommend or have you defined a process in how to redefine your self-worth due to the situation and kind of regain some of that momentum you had prior? Yes, absolutely. So there's one thing you'll recognize as you go through the book is the book is a journey in and of itself. And it takes people through the steps of working on each of these different aspects of the acronym. And it utilizes a process called experiential learning or learning by doing. That is by far the most powerful way that we learn. If you think about the most powerful lessons you've had in your life, the ones that stick with you, 
They were the ones that you figured out on your own, good or bad, but you figured it out. Somebody didn't tell you what the answers were. Mm -hmm. And that's what this book is based around. So every single chapter has specific steps and activities and things for people to do right away. The biggest things in the self-worth chapter, one of the things is to first recognize, and there's a simple assessment in there, to help you see where is my self-worth right now. I have to kind of assess and see, let me take my baseline and see where I am right now today. And it helps to highlight where are my potential vulnerabilities? Am I overly worried about what other people think of me? Am I focused more on how I get things done? Am I more worried about being loved by others? So it allows you to kind of see a little bit of where are the potential vulnerabilities in my self-worth right now? And it also goes through steps on how do I start to decouple my self-worth from what I do? And that requires mindset shifting. And that's so powerful. Talk about the mind set shifting because right after you end up kind of on the other side of that gook, first of all, you're kind of just- You need a shower. You need right? a shower. <laughs> you're just like, okay, what just happened here? Very much exactly what your book addresses. Right now, where do I go? Talk to us about that process. Well, mindset shifting, the first thing that we have to recognize is that we control our thoughts. They don't control us. Yeah. And that takes time to figure out and to continually remind ourselves of. And when I talk about a mindset shift, I use this story because I think it's a powerful one. This is my husband now who I've been happily married to for a number of years. And that's another part of the story that's in the book as well. But we used to live in New York City and I know how loud it is. And I went back when I was delivering a leadership program and so I had to stay the night because I had to get up early the next day and deliver this workshop. And I go to bed quite early when I have to facilitate because I have to get up so early the next day and be refreshed and ready and on top of my game. And I'm going to bed, I sleep with earplugs, and I literally cannot even just fathom how loud it is. <laughs> it's just so loud that I don't know how anybody can possibly go to sleep. And I just found myself complaining, complaining, complaining. And one second, I stopped myself and I said, wait a minute, shouldn't I just be grateful that I can hear? And that moment, that was the shift that I needed to take me out of that negative spiral. And that's what I mean by a mindset shift. We can start to challenge some of the things we're saying to ourselves and we can reframe and reshape our mindset, especially as it relates to our self-worth. For the women that listen to this podcast that are women homeowners, some are single moms, some are divorced single moms, some are just single moms by choice, and you're just in that daily grind of just getting through the day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like a game of whack-a-mole, right? Yes. <laughs> when you go through your day. Sometimes women's self-worth gets so wrapped up and by the end of the day, you're exhausted and a little lost. And do you have any suggestions? And I know some of this is in your book. Mm -hmm. What can women that are just trying to get over that finish line at five o'clock, 
or seven o'clock. <laughs> Anything that they can do to just maybe end their day on a better note. One of the biggest things that can create true transformation in your life, I would say, is a very simple word, not necessarily easy to do, but is a very simple word and it's called gratitude. And when you're in these moments, just like I explained in that last story around, shouldn't I be grateful I can hear? When you're in these moments of, I just have to get my kids to school. I just have to get dinner on the table. I just have to. Mm -hmm. It's helpful if you can start your day and finish your day with identifying at least one thing that you have to be grateful for. It shifts your perspective from complaining and focusing on the negative to actually identifying something good. And it can be as simple as, I mean, when you're having those days, and I know we've all had those days where it's just nothing's going right and you're just barely getting by. Yeah. It might be, I woke up today. That might be all you can be grateful for. And that's okay, but at least you're grateful for that. And you can say, I am not going to waste this day. I'm alive. I'm here. I made it this far. Yes. But finding that gratitude is incredibly powerful. It could be a roof over your head. It could be that you woke up today. It could be that I have two wonderful kids, three kids, whatever. Even though they drive me crazy, look at these lives that I've created. I go back to these things in my life. Like, for example, my sister's no longer here. The fact that I'm alive is a really powerful thing for me because of my experiences in my life. And it's the stories we tell ourselves about our experiences that also help to reframe our mindset and our perspective going forward. Yeah, you know what I personally what I do, I have um, a little calendar, like a daily calendar that you tear off every day on my desk. Mm -hmm. My mornings are extremely hectic. I do a lot of East Coast stuff. So and I'm on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So I have very busy mornings. And by the time I get to my desk, it's a few hours after I've started, mm -hmm. like I'll rip that page to the new date with the new saying, I'll just kind of sit there, literally 60 seconds. It's not long. It's just like, oh, okay. Yes. And then I start with my day. And I started this about a year and a half ago. And I, it's just part of my day. It took a while to make it a routine. Yes. It's just helpful to me. It, so it is. It doesn't take a lot of time. You no. don't have to sit and meditate for half an hour mm -mm. and mm -mm. and go through your to-do lists when you really should be meditating, which is why I don't meditate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. You're not I alone. It's very challenging yeah. for a lot of people. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of have one eye open if you're in the class and you're just like, oh, this isn't working for me. But I do my little 60-second thing in the morning and it's yes. just really sets your day. And just you have intention. No, it's exactly right. And that's why I encourage people to try and just try an experiment. I mean, what do you have to lose? Try writing down, spend five minutes maximum, just thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. Create a little list, put it by your bed, say those things every morning when you wake up and every morning when you go to bed. And when you're in the middle of your crap during your day, just say one thing, I am so grateful for X, whatever it is. You will be amazed at the transformation and what that does to your mindset. 
It is so simple and incredibly powerful. Well, and that's why I really like your book because you have actionable steps. Yes. And everyone can customize that to what works for them. You give a great outline and explanation. And it's like, okay, so what's going to work for me in my situation? That's right. So that was one thing that just I really liked about the book. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that P to the power of three. P to the power of three. Yeah. Talk about that. So P to the power of three came about when I started writing the book. And again, I like these little things that are easy to remember that just stick out for you. And so P to the power of three, patience, practice, and perseverance. You mentioned how difficult it was to create that habit for you in the morning that it took time. That's exactly what it takes to actually shift our behaviors and create new patterns and new neural pathways. Our brain likes the path of least resistance. It will continually go back to its comfort zone because that's what it's used to. And over time, we've created these pathways that become very entrenched and it's difficult to break out of them. Yeah. Even if those pathways don't serve us well anymore. Yes. And so (laughs) creating that new change or that new way of thinking or even a new lifestyle or just shifting that mindset takes patience. You have to have grace with yourself and recognize it's taken you a long time to get here and it's going to take some patience on your part to actually undo the things that no longer serve you and to work on creating the ones that do. It's going to require practice. You can't get good at anything. I don't care if you're talented unless you practice. And perseverance is what we talked about at the very beginning. You have to want what you're going towards more than you fear it. And you got to be willing to wade through the crap to get there. And that's where perseverance comes in. And when we talk about advocacy, perseverance is really the key. Mm -hmm. And you don't take no for an answer. You just, you find another way around, right? It's like going in to a building and there are many doors. If one door is closed, you just go to the next. And at one point, there'll be a door that's opened. That's right. Absolutely. Excellent. So go through your process. Like, you know, you have different chapters in the book that are about certain types of processes. And if you could kind of take us through very broadly those processes and Mm -hmm. kind of what is the result you want. So when I encourage people to go through the steps and actually do the work, so you can't simply read something and create change. You have to do something differently than you're doing today. And that's going to involve understanding a bit more about how your brain works, not to the point of needing a neuroscience degree by any stretch of the imagination, but understanding a bit more helps us recognize and be able to create some of the changes that we need to make. Understanding why stuff tends to happen. For example, understanding that your self-limiting beliefs start from a place of protection. People go, wait, what? Yeah, the things that are holding us back now originally came into our lives to help us, which sounds totally crazy, but it's true. And so each of the steps and all of the chapters, I go into detail around what this is all about and provide simple, to your point, actionable things that people can do 
in their daily lives to start that self-reflection, that discovery of who they are and what makes them unique and extraordinary. None of us have had the exact same experiences. We have different values. We have different purpose. Nothing is the same. And therefore, each one of us is unique. We have different strengths and talents, things that separate us from each other. And it's how do we discover what those are? And when I know what those are, and if I can learn how to use them more effectively, that's when I step into myself. That's when I become who I was meant to be, who I was born to be. And that's when I say people truly claim their swagger. That's when you walk into the room and you're that person that lights it up. And if you walked by, people would talk to the waiter if you were in a restaurant and say, um, excuse me, can I have whatever they're having, please? Because I really need some of that. <laughs> whatever that is, can exactly. we have that, please? Exactly. Is that on the menu? It is. It is on the menu in this book. But you have to go and get it. You have to do the work to do it. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because for people that go through really horrendous situations, whatever that is, and again, right, everyone defines that differently. When you go through those horrendous situations and you do come out on the other side, there really is a shift. Yes. And not to be afraid of that shift and to lean into it and understand it a little better, which is mm -hmm. also helps with your book and your, your action items. And then that's also, right, you better understand yourself, where you've been, and then where you want to go. That's right. So this was a perfect document and actionable steps for people who really, you're at a certain level, you've gone through some stuff, and now it's like, I'm just going to take the next step. Yes. So I really appreciate this a lot. I'm so glad. I'm glad that it resonated with you because I have to say, this is probably one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life is putting this out there in the world for everyone to see. But I felt so strongly about helping people. Yeah. That is part of my purpose in life is how can I help people? How can I help ignite their swagger so that they can transform themselves and the world around them? And because I felt so strongly about it, that overcame the fear that I have of, well, what if nobody likes it? What if, what if nobody wants to read? I had to stop all of that nonsense inside my own head and say, you know what? If it helps even just one person, then it's worth it. Exactly. And I feel too that people that have really gone through that half mile or more of sewage, mm -hmm. once you get out and you kind of wipe that all off of you, you don't really care what anyone says anymore. <laughs> no, right? you, you validated that, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you validated yourself by getting through it and you have a vision and that's that. Yes. And someone who's gone through a half a yes. mile of sewage, it's quite refreshing and you just don't care. And, you know, you thank them for their opinion and you move on. I love that. And yes, I wholeheartedly agree because in the self-worth chapter, I talk about this as well. Yeah. It's as if we're sitting in the courtroom as the defendant waiting for the judge and jury to deem us worthy. But you know what? The secret they don't want you to know is that they don't have that power over us. And if we just stop caring what they think about us, they hold no power over us. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
Um, you know, listen, there's what, 7 billion people in this world and go find your tribe. Yeah. Because go find the people that resonate with you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Any final thoughts that you can tell our audience, primarily women homeowners, any tips that you could give us? So two things I would love to share with you. One is I really want people to recognize that this is not about giving you the answers. I'm helping you recognize that you already have everything you need to thrive in your life. You just need to learn how to use it. And that's where I'm providing guidance. Excellent. And the other thing I would love people to realize, and especially when it comes to your home, coming from a place where I didn't have a home, where I was living in someone else's home, I know the importance of your home being your sanctuary. And even if it's filled with kids or you're sharing it with someone else or whatever it is, there needs to be a place in your home that you call yours, that is your sanctuary, your place where you can recharge your batteries, where you can take care of yourself and you can do the work required to be at your best, perform at your best and live your best life. That's excellent. And and I want to add to that, it doesn't matter how big your home is. No. It can just be a chair. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is yours. <laughs> yes. One small place that is just, off limits yeah. to everybody else because it's your sanctuary. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so funny now because I think as more and more people realize that they understand where they want to be and books like yours help pave that path of how to go from A to B. You hear all these cutesy little, the she shed, right. the man cave. Right. The, it's the same thing. And if you don't have the room, uh, like I don't have that room in my house. I have a chair. It's like my reading nook and that is mine. And I love mm -hmm. it. So that's yes. all it takes. It doesn't, yes. you don't have to have a room. You don't have to have a she shed in your backyard no, exactly. <laughs> if you have a one-bedroom condo, fantastic. Congratulations. Go get yourself a chair and don't let anyone else in that chair. <laughs> That's right. Or sometimes it could be in the house, in the kitchen and say, kids, this is my time right now. Don't come in here for the next 20 minutes. There you go. You know, just create space wherever you need it, but make sure you do that for yourself because it is so important to have those moments in your day and that space in your home where you can call it your own and you can do what you need to do to recharge you. That is excellent, excellent advice. So where can we find your book? So the easiest place is to go to my Linktree site and it's Linktree forward slash Swagger U and that's U, the letter U, like short for Swagger University. And you can pre-order the book there and I have a special deal for your listeners. Oh, excellent. So since my book is all about taking action and there's a big component in my book about giving of yourself to others in service of others. That's part of the whole purpose section. If for the first 20 people that actually go onto the site and pre-order the book and sign up for the Swagger Sense Weekly, which I send directly to your inbox every week, tips, ideas, personal hacks and stories, things you can do right away, I nice. will send you 
a signed copy of the book. So not only will you be able to get a copy of the book that you can give to somebody else, but you'll get a signed copy from me. And in the print version of every book, you have an opportunity through Morgan James to actually order a free ebook. So you potentially could get four versions of the book that you could give to other people. Keep one for yourself. Very cool. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Just for everyone, we'll also put this on our Facebook private community page, all this information. So fantastic. please go and subscribe to that. Jennifer, this has just been fantastic. And I have a really busy rest of the day, and now I'm totally energized. <laughs> You've totally I'm energized so me. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> you have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I'd be happy to. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? And sure. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. You could look up Swagger You underscore uh, Jennifer Sokolo or Jennifer Sokolo, and you'll find me at any one of those locations. Terrific. And we'll put that where people can find you on our website. Perfect. Thank you so much for your gracious time. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was such a pleasure. I'm so pleased and uh, grateful that you allowed me to share some of my story and some of my insights with your listeners. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Single Lady States podcast. To learn more about what Jennifer discussed and to join our community, go to our website at singleladiestates.com, connect and engage with our community, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast.